Well, good morning again. As Brian said, this is a special day that we'll be uh, in a few moments celebrating the Lord's Supper, but I am, uh, I'm honored to be able to have a chance to preach with you today. Uh, Jeff is away. Jeff and Susan have taken a little time off. Uh, just be in prayer for them. She starts her treatment uh, after Thanksgiving. They've chosen to wait after Thanksgiving, but then she'll start. So they just want some time to kind of get away. So be in prayer and be in prayer for them. Um, also, yesterday was uh, the day we celebrated Veterans Day, and I am so grateful for the, the many veterans who served uh, in all of our armed forces. Uh, and so, uh, I just want to take a few moments uh, to recognize those. So, if you have served at any time in, in our armed services, would you please stand so we can recognize you? I want to I personally say thanks. Thanks for your service to this country. You know, in a day and time when so much disrespect is being shown for our flag and our country, I'm so thankful for those who uh, put their lives on the line, who serve uh, to protect our freedom. So I, I certainly understand that freedom is never free. There's always a cost to freedom. And uh, many of these that stood up have lost dear friends. Um, through combat and through war, and uh, there, there's always there's always a cost. And then those family members back home who lose a a father, a brother, a grandfather, or whatever. Uh, I know I lost my grandfather in, in Normandy uh, back in World War II. So there, there's a price for freedom, and I, I really I really appreciate uh, our armed services and uh, those men and women who put their lives on the line to have to protect our freedom. And I again want to say thank you. Well, we are going to take some time this morning to look at the Lord's Supper, and um, uh, we're going to look at a passage that's probably one of the most comprehensive teachings on the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 11. I ask you to go ahead and turn there in your Bible or whatever electronic device you have. Uh, we're going to kind of go old school. That's what kind of how I preach, verse by verse, and we're going to look at what the Lord has to say in terms of how we are to have a proper view of the Lord's Supper. You know, ever since early Christians met secretly in homes, they've always taken time to remember the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ by celebrating and observing the Lord's Supper. And, and of all the things that we do in church, uh, this, this one means a lot to me. You know, whether you, whether you uh, take the Lord's Supper in a church every week, may grew up in, in a church like that, or uh, one that celebrates it every month, or in our case, every quarter. It's, 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 a, it's a special time. It's a special time to remember what the Lord has done for us. But I'm also, I'm also a little bit concerned about the attitude sometimes that we have when we take the Lord's Supper. And I think for so many people, it's become ordinary. It's kind of become the commonplace, just something that you do in church. And we need to change that attitude. Uh, we need to look at it as an opportunity to, to worship, but opportunity to remember what Christ did for us on Calvary and how the tomb is empty because he defeated the grave and he rose again. And we need to come with the attitude that every time we share the gospel, we, we share it in a way 
that impacts people's lives. And when you take the Lord's Supper, you're sharing the gospel. And we'll see that this morning. And it's also a time for you to reflect and think about your personal walk with Christ. And are you walking in a way that honors Him or not? So we'll look at, we'll look at those things this morning. Um, we're going to look at God's Word and see what God's Word has to say about it. And as I said in the first service, sometimes the words here are hard. They're hard words, but they're important words that we need to, to read and understand and apply uh, to our lives. So before we get into Scripture, uh, I want to share uh, re- real quick thing that John Piper wrote. He said, the purpose of the Lord's Supper is to receive from Christ the nourishment and strength and hope and joy that come from feasting our souls on all that he purchased for us on the cross, especially his own fellowship. And when you stop and think about, kind of read that slowly, you begin to see really there's a lot lot of layers to the Lord's Supper. It's not just eat the bread, drink the juice. There's a lot to this. And it's a, it's a way for us to receive the nourishment of Christ and the strength and the hope that comes from feasting our souls on all that he has. So this morning, we're going to try to help get a better understanding of the Lord's Supper, a proper view of the Lord's Supper. And that begins, first of all, with a look back. We need to look back when we come to the Lord's Supper. If we're going to get a proper view, we need to look back So follow along as I read from God's Word, beginning in verse 23 of chapter 11. Share the first couple verses there. For I received from the Lord, this is Paul writing, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25, in the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it and in remembrance of me. So, To have a proper understanding of the Lord's Supper, a proper view, we need to look back. Look back at what? Well, the Lord's Supper reminds us to to look back, to look back at what Jesus Christ has done for us. A chance for us to just stop and think and look back and remember what Christ did on the cross for us. No one in this room deserved what he did. No one. He suffered one of the most horrific death ever so that he could die for the sins of me, die for the sins of you, die for the sins of the world. Christ came to the cross, willingly gave his life for you. So every time you think, take of the Lord's Supper, you need to stop and look back. And look back at the cross and what he did for you. And of course, as you celebrate and observe the Lord's Supper, there's, there's elements. The first is the bread. 
Uh, Jesus said that he took the bread, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. And so when we come and think about that, we need to remember that broken bread reminds us that Jesus' body was broken on the cross, that we might have forgiveness of sin. So when you hold that little cracker in your fingers, you think about his body. You think about what he went through on that cross. See, Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. And all throughout Scripture, you see that. You see that over and over again, how Jesus gave his life so that we in him may have life and have it abundantly. And I could give you verse after verse, but just a few that I'd like to share with you. Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone into his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Christ took our sins. He took your sins, the sins of the world. Christ laid all the sins of mankind, past, present, and future. All the sins were laid on Jesus Christ, and he took it. He took our sin. We should have been the one on that cross, but Christ willingly died and took our sin. The Bible also says uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And you ought to think about that just for a second. Christ who knew no sin willingly became sin. He took on my sin. He took on your sin. He took on your sin. He became sin so that by his death on the cross, we can receive the righteousness of God if you are in Christ. I'm constantly amazed that I am as righteous today as I'll ever be. Why? Because I'm covered with the blood of Jesus Christ, a perfect blood, and I am righteous in the sight of God. Yes, there's my sin, but Christ took my sin. I don't know about you, but I don't make you want to shout, because you know what's inside your heart. Do you know what the things you have done, the things you have said, the thoughts you have had, and Christ took those sins, took them on the cross, so that you could be righteous in the sight of of God. Not because of what you've done, but because of what he did. 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. So when you take that Lord's Supper you need, to, you need to look back. You need to look back at what Christ did for you. You need to look back and you need to remember. Remember the beating he took on his face for you. Remember that whipping of his back, that scourging of his flesh that he took for you. You need to look back and remember that crown of thorns that was jammed onto his head. 
Remember those spikes that were nailed into his hands and to his feet, and that spear that was thrusted into his side, you need to look back and remember, he did that for you. You need to look back and remember all that Jesus suffered for us. No, you didn't deserve it. But because of his love, he willingly paid the price that you and I could not pay. He took our sins, died on the cross so that we could be righteous and have our sins forgiven. The other element in the Lord's Supper is the cup. And the cup, as many of you know, represents the blood, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, God in flesh, that was shed on our behalf. I love what 1 Peter 1 says. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, it says, For you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited by your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like a lamb without blemish or spot. You see that? You were ransomed. You were rescued by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And as we think about this cup, and we look back and remember the blood, I love what, what one writer said, Steve Brown. He said, the world, the world drinks to forget. Christians drink to remember. And we come to the Lord's Supper, and we hold that cup of juice in our hands, we need to stop and think about the precious blood that Jesus Christ shed for you. And you need to understand that blood has always been God's requirement for the sacrifice of sin. Always. You go all the way back to the first book, Genesis. And when Adam and Eve rebelled and chose to go their own way, God had to sacrifice an animal so the skins could cover them up. You go all through Scripture, the Passover, where blood was was painted on the door so the death angel would pass over. You go into Leviticus and all these offerings and the blood was poured out on the mercy seat. On and on it goes, the blood, the blood. And you say, why so much blood? Because the Bible says in Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Now that's just how God designed it. And I'm so thankful for his blood, for his precious blood that he shed for me. I will forever be in debt to what Christ has done for me. I'm so thankful that he looked out one day and saved me. He rescued me. And it's through his body and through his blood. So when you partake of the Lord's Supper, you need to look back and you need to remember how Jesus' body was broken and how his blood was spilled out for you. For you. He did it for you. Willingly. Because he loves you that much. So to have a proper view of the Lord's Supper, we need to to look back and look back at the cross and what Christ did for us. But secondly, we also need to look forward when we come to the Lord's Supper. To have a proper view, we need to look forward. So follow along as I read just one verse. Verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread 
and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You see, we need to look back at the cross. We also need to to look forward. Look forward to the return of Jesus Christ. My friend, he's coming back. I don't know when. It could be next week. All I know is soon and very soon we're going to meet the king. He's coming back. And we ought to look forward to that. So many people when they, someone starts talking about end times, they get all nervous and anxious. I think a lot of that's just because they don't understand the events and stuff like that. But I sometimes I think it's because they're not sure about their salvation. Soon and very soon, he's coming back. And when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we get to proclaim. We get to preach is what that means. Preach the Lord's death and his resurrection and his return. That's the gospel. You get to preach that every time you partake of the Lord's Supper. Proclaim his death until you come. So one of the purposes of the Lord's Supper is to preach his death. The greatest message, listen, the greatest message you will ever preach or proclaim is at the Lord's Supper. When you partake of the Lord's Supper and what it means, you are preaching the gospel to others. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 through 18. Follow along as I read this verse as we look to his return. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up, will be snatched, snatched, will be raptured together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. And look at verse 18. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Why do we talk about the end times? Why do we study the end times? So we can encourage one another that the Lord's coming back. I don't know about you, but the longer I live, the more I realize this is not my home. My bags are packed. I'm ready. I'm ready to come right now. I'm, I'm ready to go. Especially when I turn on TV and I read what happened in Texas. This is not my home. Yeah, I'm here, and as I pass through, I want to teach and reach as many people as I can for Christ. But don't get comfortable here because this is not your home. One day he's going to come back. And I long for that day when we can meet him, see him face to face, and we can be taken up to be with him for heaven in heaven forever and ever. I long for that day. So we need to, to look back and look forward to his return. The Lord's Supper should always remind us the fact that Jesus is coming again. And he's coming for redeemed people. He's coming for those who are in Christ. Are you ready? Are you ready for his coming? Like I said, it could be next week. The Lord could come back next week. Are you ready? Are you ready to meet him? See, Matthew 24 44 says, therefore, you also must be ready 
for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Make sure you're ready. So when you partake of the Lord's Supper, you need to look back and think about the cross. Think about how his body was broken and how his blood was spilled out for you. You also need to look forward, as we see in this verse, to his return. Because he's coming back. He's coming back. Soon and very soon he's coming back. And thirdly, you need to look within. And a lot of times when the Lord's Supper passages are shared, they stop at verse 26. But let's keep on reading. I think there's some very important and hard teaching here for us in verses 27 through 32 as we look within. Verse 27, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 28, let a person examine himself. Then, and so, eat the bread and drink the cup. For if anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judge ourselves truly, we should not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. Now that is, that is some tough teaching right there. A lot of times not shared when you're celebrating the Lord's Supper. So let's go back and let's talk about what this means. And the first thing that I want you to see as we look at the Lord's Supper and to have that proper view of the Lord's Supper, we need to look within. Because the Lord's Supper, Supper is a time of, of reflection and worship. But it's also a time of self-examination. As I said, I don't know what's inside you, but you do. I don't know the thoughts that you've had. I don't know the words that you have said. I don't know some of the actions that you have done, but you do, and God does. And so before you partake of the Lord's Supper, I, I encourage you, to take time and do a self-examination of your life. And are you right with the Lord? Are there some things there that you need to confess to him? You see, the Lord's Supper is an important thing. And we were warned in Scripture that partaking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner is a dangerous thing. And it can mean several things. And I, I just want to share a couple things real quick with you. I think it's a warning for those who are lost in Christ. You do not take this Lord's Supper. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never had that time where you prayed to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says you're not born again. And if you're not born again, do not take this Lord's Supper because you're taking it in an unworthy manner. And you open yourself up to the judgment of God. See, Corinth was a, was a church that was very much a dysfunctional church. A lot of problems going on in the church of Corinth. They were abusing the Lord's Supper. 
So here's the Paul, hard teachings from Paul about the true meaning of Lord's Supper. And the Bible says that some of them were ill, sick, and some died because of the way they went about partaking of the Lord's Supper in a very unworthy, worthy manner. Now, that's hard teaching. But you know what? It's in the Bible and it still applies to us today. We need to make sure that we understand the Lord's Supper. And if you are outside of Jesus Christ, I, I, I plead with you, don't take the Lord's Supper because you're taking it in an unworthy manner. And you're opening yourself up to the discipline and judgment of God. Also, I want to give a warning to that backslider out there who's become very comfortable with the sin in their life. They're not convicted anymore. They're comfortable with the sin. I I, I plead with you also. you, You take some time right now. Confess your sins. You get right with the Lord. Don't take this. Don't take the Lord's Supper with sin in your life that you're not concerned about. Don't take it in an unworthy manner. But also, I think it's a warning to the unconcerned. As I said, it's, it's become ordinary. It's become, become commonplace, the Lord's Supper. And so many times, we just kind of go through the motions. They pass the, they pass the tray down, I get my cracker. They pass the tray down, I get my juice, and I take it, and we go home. No, 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 no. You make sure you take time to search your heart. You make sure to make sure there's no sin in your life that you've been unwilling to deal with. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, sacrificed his body for you, shed his blood for you. You need to get focused on what what he's done for you when we come and take of the Lord's Supper. So as I said, the person who partakes of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner is inviting the judgment of God. And again, you say, wow, that's harsh. But that's what the Bible says. It says, for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning, without thinking, without reflecting, without examining, anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak, ill, and some have died. See, when we look within, we're examining ourselves. When we come to the Lord's Supper, I think there's three things you ought to examine. You ought to examine your mind. Is your mind focused on Christ? Is your mind consumed with what Christ did for you on the cross? Or is your mind already wondering? Some of you right now, you're far, you're here, but you're far away because your mind's taking you away. You're thinking about what you got to do when you get home. What you got to do tomorrow at work, thinking about next week. Listen, get focused on Christ and what Christ did for you. We get a chance to celebrate and observe the Lord's Supper. Get focused on you. Get your mind right. Examine your mind. Also, examine your motive. What I mean by that is your heart pure. Is your heart pure, or is there bitterness and jealousy inside your heart? Have you un, has, has there been someone who's wronged you, and you refuse to offer forgiveness to them? If you've got any, these attitudes in your life, you need to, to examine and pray that God would forgive you of these sins. So you examine your mind, you examine your motive, and you examine your method, how you're living your life. Is the behavior that you display every day at work and in your family, is it honoring and pleasing to God or is it not? 
Get right with the Lord. That's what this Lord's Supper is about. It's a time for us to look within and see what's inside our heart and see what we need to do. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive you and cleanse you of unrighteousness if you just confess your sins. So, when we come to the Lord's Supper, it's important that we have a proper understanding, a proper view. And to do that, we need to look back. Look back at the cross and what Christ did for us. How he suffered. How his body was broken and spilled out for you and for me. We also need to to look ahead, look forward to the return. Jesus Christ is coming again. And the Bible says this ought to encourage you that he's coming back. He's going to make this world right the way it was when he created it. But also, to have a proper view of the Lord's Supper, we need to look within our lives. Look within our hearts and see what's there that doesn't need to be there. The sin that's in present in our lives and get right with the Lord. Don't take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. You make sure that you're right with the Lord. But also to have a, a proper view of the Lord's Supper, we need, to, we need to look around. Look around. And as you continue reading this passage in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 33, so then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, Wait, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. About the other things, I will give directions when I come. And the Bible is stressing, and Paul there in his teachings is stressing, don't eat this alone. This this is, the Lord's Supper is a demonstration of unity and community within a church. It, it, is, a, it is a demonstration of, of how we should be unified as we partake of this Lord's Supper together, and also how we should be considerate of the needs of others. You know, every time we take the Lord's Supper, on your way out, our ushers will be by the doors with baskets. And we, if you want to participate, we always take up a benevolence offering. And I can tell you, as a pastor in this church, um, that money that we have in our benevolence account has helped so many people in this church. When they're going through a tough time, financial time, it's been there. Uh, I can give you some great testimonies of how, of how your money has helped people uh, going through a, a tough time. But the, but the Bible says, don't, don't, don't take this Lord's Supper alone. You take it within your church, your church body. Because, see, I, I really believe that the Lord's Supper is a family meal. And the Lord's family, Lord, uh, family desires of his children uh, that he would, they love one another and that they care for one another. That's his desire. He wants to see a church unified, a church together, a church that's reaching out and caring for the needs of the body. That's what the first, that's what New Testament church did in the book of Acts. They took care of each other. And so when we come to the Lord's Supper, it's a family meal. It's a family meal, and the Lord desires his family members to be people of love and people who care for one another. It's, it's not a personal thing you do. It's not. You do it in the midst of community. And when you do it in the midst of community, you need to look around and think about those you're worshiping with. And I can go on and on talking about the Lord's Supper, and there's a lot of uh, incredible teachings there.
But I just think, I, I just really want to stress to you this morning the importance of having a proper view of the Lord's Supper. A proper view where you can look back at the cross, what Jesus did for you. Look forward to the return. He's coming back. Look within your heart to see what's going on there and look around to those who you love and should care for. And as I kind of end this message, I just got a couple really general principles that that I want to leave you with, uh, just two in particular. Um, When you come to the Lord's Supper, when you partake of the Lord's Supper, when you observe the Lord's Supper, remember, it is a celebration. It is a celebration, and it should always be a special time. Yeah, there's some hard teachings in in this chapter, but the Lord's Supper should be a special, special time. Why? Well, it's a chance that we get to to celebrate the Lord's Supper and we get a chance to instruct the basic truths of the gospel message. It's all there. When you take that bread and you drink that juice, you're proclaiming, you're preaching what the Bible says, the death, the resurrection, and the return of Jesus Christ. And that, my friend, is the gospel. You get a chance to do that, to share that every time you partake of the Lord's Supper. You have an opportunity to preach to one another. And as I was doing some studying on this, uh, I, I, you know, I always try to find some insights that might be helpful, that might mean something to you. And I, and I found this, and I found this of all places in a child's book, uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's written by Sally Lloyd-Jones, and uh, I know some of you have given this to your children. And it's a Bible that teaches the children kind of some of the things uh, of, of the Lord and some things of his word. And, and I just want to share with you what this writer put in that storybook Bible about the Lord's Supper. So just follow along. I think I have it on the screen for you there. My body is like this bread. It will break, Jesus told them. This cup of wine is like my blood. It will pour out. But this is how God will rescue the whole world. My life will break. And God's broken world will mend. My heart will tear apart. And your hearts will heal. Just as the Passover lamb died... So now, I will die instead of you. And you'll be clean on the inside in your hearts. So whenever you eat and drink, remember, Jesus said, I have rescued you. Wow. I still get choked up reading that. From a child's book. You see, the gospel is so simple that a child can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And yet it's so deep that the smartest theologian can't find the bottom of it. But just in simple, childlike terms, there's the Lord's Supper. So it's a special time. It's a special time of celebration that we get to have as a church body. But I also want you to understand that it's a serious time. And I think I've made that pretty clear. 
uh, today in my teaching as we look at the entire passage on the Lord's Supper. It's a serious time. And, and I just want to encourage you, before you take this Lord's Supper, you be sure that you are right in the Lord. In is the key word. You be right in the Lord. And the only way you can be right in the Lord is through salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except by, through me. I'm the only way. I am the way. You make sure you're right. You make sure you are right with your life. Some of you right now, you're sitting there as I've been talking, and you're, you're not sure you're right in the Lord. And you may not be. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. If you're not right in the Lord, there's no hope for you. But you can be right in the Lord. And if you feel the Spirit of God working on you, convicting you, I, I would encourage you, make your way back to that connect room. You can do it right now. We, don't, we won't mind one bit. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, by all means, don't take this Lord's Supper. But more importantly than that, make sure you can get your life right in Christ. That can only come through giving your life to him. There is no other way. You must repent of your sin, place your faith and trust in Jesus, in Jesus alone, and surrender to him as Lord and Savior. Let him take over your life. Let him take control of your life. That's what I did in 1990. It's the greatest decision I ever made. I grew up in church. I knew all about church, but I didn't know him. I didn't know what it mean, what it means to be born again. I didn't, know how, I didn't have a clue. And I'm telling you, if Christ and the Spirit of God is working and flowing and moving on you, and you're not sure, don't take this Lord's Supper. But more importantly, take this time to get right in him. So get right in the Lord, but also get right with the Lord. And that can only come through confession. Before you take this Lord's Supper, you make sure you've had proper time to, to reflect and think and confess those sins that you have in your life. So it's a special time, but it's also a serious time. And ending, I just want to share real quickly. Y'all remember when we were young children running around outside? That's back when children played outside. And they, don't, they may not do that as much anymore, but we played outside. Everything was outside. All day long in summertime, you're outside. And then it was supper time. Y'all remember supper time? Time to eat? What'd your mama always say? Wash your hands. Somebody out there saying, go in there and wash your hands before you take, before you take supper. And you may still do that today. I hope you do. Go wash your hands before you take, partake of the supper that mama has prepared for you. Well, I think that's the same message that Jesus is saying to you this morning need to wash up. need to wash up before you take of my supper, my Lord's supper. So just want to make sure you're ready. Just want to make sure you understand. I want to make sure you have that proper view of the Lord's supper. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. And Lord, as as sometimes we find in Scripture, it's hard teaching. It's hard word. It's a hard word. But Lord, you're, you're very serious about your supper. And you expect people, you expect one another to have the proper understanding and the proper view of the Lord's Supper. 
Father, I pray that we will walk out of here with a different understanding of your supper. Lord, I pray that we would understand what it means to, to look back at the cross, to look forward to your return, to look within our heart, to do an examination and to look around to others that we can love and care for. So, Father, I pray that uh, you, you'll be at work. Father, I pray, as I said earlier, for that person who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. Oh, Father, I pray today they get right in you. I pray that today would be the day of their new life. Lord, we just ask you to move and work. In your name I pray, amen. Wow.